This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. This is No BS Job Search Advice Radio. Episode, I believe it's 1313. I'm Jeff Alpin, the Big Game Hunter, and welcome. Now, if I'm wrong about the number of the show, I'll correct it tomorrow. But for today, I'm continuing a series of interviews that I did at the beginning of my time with Job Search Radio. At that time, I was doing a 30-minute interview show with experts on some element of job hunting. And this show was recorded four or five years ago, where I was interviewing Abby Kohut, who at that time was traveling around the country talking to job hunters. It's a fun interview. She's got some interesting ideas that are applicable today. Hope you find it helpful. Hope you give it a great review. And with that, if you're interested in my coaching, you listen to the end of the show. There's information about how to connect with me. And with that, let's get going, okay? Today I wanted to talk with you first and speak with you about uh, my job search insider tip uh, for this show. And that is why you're not getting calls back from recruiters. Now, I know this is a tremendous bugaboo for many job hunters. It is painful. It hurts. Uh, you want to know what's going on. Uh, you've sent in a resume or maybe done an interview, and you're just not hearing back from anyone, whether that's a third-party recruiter or a corporate recruiter. Why aren't you getting a call back if you sent in a resume uh, and yet no one's called you? The answer is real simple. Often you haven't made enough of a case to get that recruiter's attention, and they frankly don't have the time because they're not just simply looking at your resume. A thousand people in this job market may be sending them resumes. Do you think they have time to personally call everyone or write a personal email to explain why they're not going to contact you? Of course not. And if you've had an interview and no one's communicating with you, maybe it's because they haven't made a decision yet. And if a lot of time has gone on from the time of that first interview until you're wondering what's going on, I'm talking about a lot of time being two, three weeks, well, there's a message in that behavior that basically says maybe no one was interested or maybe they're not, they haven't made a decision. So there is a communication that's going on. It's just not in the way that you might like. So... That's my tip for this week. I want to introduce my guest for this show, uh, and that's Abby Kohut, who's known on the web as Absolutely Abby, and is the president of Staffing Symphony and the author of Absolutely Abby's 101 Job Search Secrets. Over the past 18 years, Abby has held positions as Senior Director of Recruiting for Kaplan, Interim Director of Recruiting for Continuum Health Partners, and Manager of Global Recruiting for Alpharma. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Her website, 
AbsolutelyAbby.com was selected as one of the top 100 websites for your career by Forbes in 2013. And since 2010, she's been on a mission to help one million job seekers, and that's no joke. She's out there to try and help a million job seekers and is currently driving around the U.S. on a, on a nationwide tour to accomplish that goal, which you can learn about from AbbyAcrossAmerica.com. Abby, welcome to Job Search Radio. I'm thrilled to have you on board. Thank you, Jeff. It's great to be here. So I know you've got two personalities here, the official one, which is Corporate Recruiter Abby, and then there's the Absolutely Abby one, which is you know, the honest one, the one that's completely open and, and provides people with the best advice. So I first want to pose a question of you uh, from the corporate perspective, and then we're going to go to the Absolutely Abby perspective. And the the question is, so I'm applying for a job with your company, and I send you a resume. Is that really the best way for me to apply for a position with your firm? Oh, absolutely. This is the official one. Yes, this is the official one. So absolutely, that's exactly what I want you to do. So in the ad, I'm going to either give you an email address or I'm going to give you my company website, and I want you to follow the directions in the ad, and I want you to just send in the resume as I am requiring. I don't want you to do anything else. I want you to be in my little box so I can find you. Wonderful. Now, let's <laughs> put aside the corporate one, and let's go to Absolutely Abby. Is that the best way for someone to apply? Absolutely not, unfortunately. The best way to apply these days is to, you certainly can do those things. You can send in the resume via email or the website. But in addition, you're going to want to network your way into the company using social media and or networking contacts that you've met. That's really the best way to get your resume into the company at this point. Another best way is to use mail or the fax because no one else is doing it. And those things will help you stand out. Fascinating. Because I know... From my dealings with corporate recruiters, they want that box filled up perfectly. You know, square peg for square hole. You know, you provide compliant behavior. That's what they think they want, and that's not the way the best people are being hired these days. Absolutely not. So you're trying to get connected with the hiring manager. Uh, and you mentioned social media. Uh, are there particular techniques for finding who that person is? Because, you know, if I said, for example, uh, I'm a developer, uh, a Java developer, for example, or an accountant, and I'm trying to get hired by one of your previous employers. Well, there's a lot of potential hiring managers who might be involved with hiring someone like that. How do I find the specific one? Well, you're gonna, you can't be absolutely sure that you have the specific one but you can at least get into the company and take a best guess. And you use sites like LinkedIn, for example, to find the hiring manager by plugging in the name of the company and then just searching along the, among the titles of the people on LinkedIn to determine who you think might be the hiring manager. If the company is very large, like Microsoft, for example, it's going to be virtually impossible to figure that out. So what you can do then is to send your resume to the vice president or to a head of a department, and I'm pretty sure that person will know who the hiring manager is. So you'll be seen as somebody who's an outside-the-box creative thinker if you do that. 
And I know there are other techniques for being seen as a outside-of-the-box creative thinker in, in how you try and get entry into an organization. And I believe you're an advocate of using mail and facts, as you mentioned in, uh, at the beginning, uh, as a way of doing that. Could you offer some examples of creative ways that people can get access to hiring managers and get interviews by, by using mail or facts? Okay, well, with the facts, it's just about faxing. There's really nothing creative that you need to do except fax it. But when we're talking about the mail, there are people that will send in, let's say, a presentation slide deck, and you can go get that printed at Kinko's or FedEx, you know, Kinko's, and nice and color, and you can put that in the mail and send somebody, a, a, yes, I call it proof, of what you can do. So if you send somebody a presentation that talks about what it is that you can do, show them an example of how you can market something or how you can sell something, it's good to prove your case. And if you're just sending something online in an email and a resume, you're not really proving anything. So you can send things in the mail like that. And the other thing you can do is send sort of a gadget or a gizmo like a shoe and say, I'm just trying to get my foot in the door. And I have a variety of examples of people that have done things just like that to get a job. You know, when you use the shoe example, I want to use one of those corny music things like wah, 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 uh, because it's really, it really sounds very corny. It does, but see, the thing is, if it gets into the right hands, the person is going to think, wow, this is really creative. This is an outside-the-box thinker. They didn't just do what everybody else does. And it makes them believe that you are someone who can do that on the job as well. And I know the idea is to do something that causes you to stand out from others who are following the conventional way of applying through the system uh, for a position. And where someone can do things that will stand out without crossing a line, it's a wonderful te technique uh, for getting your foot in the door with an organization. It's true, but I will tell you this. There is a little bit of a risk when you do something like this because I would say that 50% of the people that you send something like this to, they're probably not going to appreciate it. And they're probably going to throw it right out and your chances are going to go away. But the fact is that the other 50% are very likely going to think, wow, this is a special person and I need to give them a call because they did what they did. And those are the people that will end up hiring you just because you sent something interesting. I have one example of a person. Um, can I give an example? Is that okay? Of course. So I have this person that went to a cookie store, and she got a cookie in the shape of a clock. And she sent her cookie in to someone and said, it's time to hire Leslie. And she got a job by doing that with the cookie. But the most interesting part about that is she ended up losing her job a couple of years later and she did the cookie thing again and got a second job with the cookie. So it didn't just happen once or it happened twice. So these things can work if the right person is getting the cookie. Does this only work in creative positions or can it work in relatively dry positions as well like the standard accountant? That's a great question, and in this particular case, this person was an administrative assistant. I know someone else who did it, who did it for Moody's Investor Service. 
which is a financial services blue suit white shirt company, and I actually helped him with this several years ago. He sent an egg timer in and said, "If this is, if you give me this much time, I'll prove to you that I can be the best financial analyst you've ever had." And by the way, he never had any financial analysis work experience, and they still got hired because they saw his creativity. And so it can work in any industry with any job as long as the person receiving it believes that it's a creative gesture and not a desperate gesture, which is why I say it may only work 50% of the time. But, Jeff, I don't know anything else out there that's working 50% of the time. You look, there are baseball players that make tens of millions of dollars, and what they do only works 30% of the time. You got it. That's exactly right. And so this, okay, even if it works 30% of the time, you only need one job. You don't need 10. And so if it works 30% of the time, chances are someone's going to offer you the job just because you went outside the box. That's terrific. Hey, I read something that you said one time. Uh, and it's the importance of searching for a job that you love. Could you elaborate upon that? Because I think my listeners would be interested in that. Oh, of course. Well, I believe that if you go to work every day for years and years and years, you don't love what you do, it makes it very difficult to get up on a Monday morning. And I've been there. I really have. I've worked for companies that I didn't like. I've worked in positions I didn't like. But as soon as I recognized that it wasn't the right place for me, I found a way to make a change. And I want that for my listeners and for your listeners. It's, I believe that it's important to love what you do. And I'm sure, Jeff, that at this point in your career, you absolutely love what you do. And I can say that for myself. But it's been a long time in coming. And finally, I'm loving what I do. I'm driving around the country. I'm helping job seekers. I'm meeting people all over the place. And I love to get up on a Monday morning. I love to get up on a Saturday. I love to get up every single day because I know that the work I'm doing is fun. And I want that for everyone. And that's what it's all about. How did you wake up and figure out, and I'm going to describe it that way, even though you haven't used that language, how did you wake up and figure out that this is really what your mission in life was and that's where your passion was? How did you switch from being the corporate official recruiter to absolutely Abby, I guess is what I'm asking. It wasn't a full switch, so I didn't go from one to the other. I actually did both for about uh, three years, I would say. And so I was working for corporate, and I was also speaking during evenings and weekends. And it wasn't until a year ago that I decided to drive around the country to do it full-time. And I still do recruiting on the side, so it's not a full switch. But the way I decided it is because I would get so frustrated by people that would come in for interviews and make little mistakes that I felt that they could improve on. I felt that if I could teach them how to correct these little mistakes, they could get a job. And I also felt that most recruiters don't give people the absolute truth. Now, I see that you do, and that's why you and I have become fast friends. But there are many recruiters that don't do that, and so people are suffering unnecessarily because there are these little things that if a recruiter would say to them, next time say it this way or don't say it that way, people would improve and people would get jobs much quicker. And so I decided that I had to do that for people, and that's why I became absolutely Abby, to tell the absolute truth. We, we think alike in this way, and 
that's why I do a lot of the things that I do uh, to help folks. It's nice to see someone else doing it as well. What are some of the mistakes that you see people making in their job search that's keeping them from getting hired? Well, the biggest one is the people that are sitting at home trying to just apply online. They're not going out. They're not meeting people. They're not networking, and that's certainly a mistake. People make mistakes on their resume. People make mistakes in their interview. Uh, let's see. Someone once came in to an interview, and they took a phone call in the middle of the interview. And the funny part was, it wasn't really funny, but the person's father was in the hospital. And the reason they took the call was because they were worried about their father in the hospital. And had I known that, if the person had said to me before the interview, my father's in the hospital, I may have to take a call, I would have said, oh, my goodness, of course. The curves are human, and they really do to really nice people, as you know, Jeff. And, so, <laughs> and I know how few people really know that about our profession. I know. I don't think they'd believe that. But the fact is, if someone said to you in the middle of an interview, I might have to take a call from my father, of course, I would be perfectly fine with that. I would have said, oh, would you like a private room? I mean, but the person didn't say that. And so it was so rude. And I found out later from the person who, the headhunter who had sent the recruiter to the candidate to me, that that's what it was about. And it's just, it's things like this. You have to really think about your actions during interviews and how they're being perceived. You know, the impact of doing something like this uh, can be so striking. All it really takes is being aware of the, uh, the person on the other side of the desk and how they might re respond to something. Uh, I have one client who becomes furious if it's not that, that someone's late. It's that they don't acknowledge being late and provide them with the simple courtesy of saying, I'm sorry, I was late. There was some traffic I didn't anticipate. I didn't leave with enough time. Matter of fact, more than enough time. So I just want to apologize for being late. The absence of that acknowledgement just infuriates a number of my clients. And You, know, you can say what you will later on, and they're just never going to get hired. Totally makes perfect sense what you're saying. And it's true. When someone's late, all I care about is that they, number one, apologize, and number two, that they act like they're sorry, really sorry. Like, I'd like to see them sweat a little. You know what I mean? Because if they, <laughs> you know, if they act like, oh, my goodness, this would never happen normally, I'm so embarrassed, that's the kind of person I want to hire. I want that to be the case if you come to work late, I want you to be embarrassed and mortified and all that. <laughs> That's what I want as corporate Abby. So, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's act, act really apologetic and definitely say, I left three hours to get there. It took me four. You know, say things like that. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Um, let me pose an extreme situation for you. And I'm going to first do the corporate one. Uh, and I ask you for the corporate response and then the Abby response, which I don't think are going to be radically different. So let's say someone was fired or they committed a crime that caused them to be terminated. Uh, are they doomed at that point? Do they have no chance of finding a position? Okay, so as the corporate Abby, I would say they definitely, I, I'd actually say for both, corporate and absolutely Abby, that you're not doomed. What's important to you, what's important is going to be how you can answer interview questions. 
So what we worry about is, will you ever do this thing again, whatever it was? How long ago was it? Does it relate to the job that we have? So for example, I've done a lot of work in pharmaceutical sales recruiting. And in those cases, if you've had a DUI, you're probably not going to get hired because it's too risky to give you a company car. So in that case, you're probably going to have to look elsewhere for a job. But if you stole something when you were in seventh grade and now you're 40 years old, it's probably not going to affect your situation. So it really depends on what it is, when it was, how apologetic you are, how you fixed it, and how confident you are during the interview. I work with people to get confident so that they can talk about blemishes of all kinds during the interview. You know, when you talk about confidence, it reminds me that uh, being qualified is only one criteria that firms use to assess people. They look for self-confidence, character, chemistry, maybe a little bit of charisma in there, all qualities that really add up to leadership um, that causes them to believe that the candidate is a solution to what they're really looking for. Does that jive with what you believe? 1,000% jives. Absolutely. People get hired all the time, and they barely have the qualifications, which is why I tell job seekers, apply for things when you're just 50% or 60% qualified. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Because if you can sell yourself during the interview and do a good job with that, you can get any job. It's just you have to be able to interview like a pro. And, and we both know how few people can do that. Uh, oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> Cover letters, thank you letters. Do people need to send out uh, cover letters or, or thank you letters these days? And this is the absolutely Abby side I'm asking, asking for. Uh, yeah, I would say definitely with both thank you letters for sure. You should be sending thank you letters after phone interviews, after live interviews, and even after rejections. You should send thank you letters saying, Good luck with the candidate selected. I really appreciate your time. And if something opens up in the future, I'd be happy to hear about it. As far as cover letters go, I'm going to ask you, Jeff. I've heard that headhunters don't read cover letters. But I do, well, I can absolutely tell you that as a corporate recruiter, I did read cover letters. And what I used them for is to determine how creative a person was, how their writing skills were, and whether the person actually put the name of the company in there and personalized the letter, or did it just go to dear sir or madam, and was it generic? And that's just kind of that's kind of strike one if I get one like that. But I definitely read cover letters. Do headhunters read cover letters these days? Uh, I read the e if it's the body of an email, I'll read it. I won't open a separate attachment. Uh, okay. Frankly, you know, what are you using the space in the email for except to replace the cover letter? with that. Yeah. So you're right. I, I don't want to see a generic cover letter that says I'm applying for the job of such and such with your organization. I believe that my experience, you know, those, those canned things do nothing for me. It's like sending out uh, the generic resume all the time and expecting to get different results from each firm. It's like right. the broken watch that's right twice a day. You know, it'll work sometimes, but um, rarely. So uh, I want to see something personalized that explains to me why someone's qualified for the role that I'm recruiting for. And without that, it's, it's a waste of my time. I totally agree with that. 
And I do open attachments, but see, this is the funny part, is that you don't know which person you're getting on the other side. So why not send an attachment and paste it into the body of your kernel of your email? That way, if a person doesn't want to open the attachment, they can read it right in the body. Exactly right. And, and I know from a tracking standpoint with applicant tracking systems, uh, sometimes it, it just takes a little bit longer to parse the resume into the system uh, for me personally because you know, I'm not big corporate. Uh, I'm a, a smaller firm. Um, there's a, a more time-consuming process if someone has the attachment. Uh, so I look for it in the body of the email rather than as attachment. And like you said, you know, the fallback position is just do a copy and paste into the body if you if you insist upon sending the attachment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. And it, it really <laughs> depends on who is actually reading it. There's no hard and fast rule about most of these things. These are all kind of personal opinions. And so that's what makes it so difficult for job seekers because some recruiters will say, oh, I don't read cover letters. So then you assume you shouldn't send one, but then you talk to someone that says they do and they want an attachment. And you talk to someone who doesn't and they don't want an attachment. So it's, there's no way to really know what is perfect for everyone. So there, you just have to go with what seems best for you. Let me, let me ask one more question of you. How important is it to be truthful on a resume? Oh, my. It is vital. And the reason is that in HR, we do background checks. And this may not have happened to you 10 years ago, but it is going to happen to you now. Almost every company is using background check companies. So if you lie on your resume about anything and we catch it, your offer is going to go out the window. So you can't lie about salary, you can't lie about dates, you can't lie about titles, all the things that people have lied about in the past, they're all being discovered now. And even people that get jobs and then someone discovers it after you've been hired, people are being fired for things like this. So you have to be honest about everything, everything. I've had experiences with people I've cautioned about being honest on their applications. Uh, the firms were going to do copious background checks. Uh, they insisted upon lying and then get greeted on a Friday afternoon by security with a box of their possessions, uh, with their possessions in it, uh, and being escorted out the door. It's a horrible circumstance to go through. So yeah. you and I agree wholeheartedly about that. Mm-hmm. Abby, how can people find out about some of, some of your work and some of your information and about the tour? Okay, well, the best way to find out about me is to go to a website that I set up for all of you. It's called meetabby.com. So it's M-E-E-T-A-B-B-Y.com. And on that site, if you give me your email address, I'll send you a copy of a teleseminar that I did called Interviewing Ingenuity. And it steps you through the interview process from phone interviews all the way to thank you letters, the whole interview process. And people love this one, so that's why I decided i got to give it away because everyone needs to learn this information, and I really want you to have it. So go to meetabby.com and plug in your email address. I'll send you the teleseminar, and that's how you and I can stay in touch. That's terrific. And about the tour, if, you know, if people want to know where you're going to be at a particular time, how can they find out about that? 
You can go to Abbey Across America. That's where the tour information is being uh, housed right now. And I am driving around the country all over the place. So if you don't see me coming to your particular city, definitely send me an email and let me know. There's a contact form on that site. And I would love to connect with you and eventually get to your city. Abby, thank you. I really appreciate you making time. So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, here are a few ways to get even more from me. First of all, visit my website, www.thebiggamehunter.us. I have several thousand blog posts there that you can watch, listen to, or read to help you find your next job. If you want the best of my advice, join JobSearchCoachingHQ.com where I've curated my information with a focus on interviewing. If you have a few questions, contact me through the Magnify app for iOS. That's Magnify with an I at the end or PrestoExperts.com where you can call me. Schedule a specific time with me through chat on Magnify or by connecting with me on LinkedIn at LinkedIn.com forward slash IN forward slash The Big Game Hunter. Once we're connected on LinkedIn, you can message me about coaching you, speaking with me about a resume or LinkedIn profile critique, help with a salary negotiation, my trusted advisor services, as well as scheduling me through for Magnify or for PrestoExperts.com. Like you, I don't work for free. You can also take my classes on Skillshare and become a premium member using the link in the show notes and receive two months for free instead of just the one that the site offers. Skillshare offers thousands of courses, not just simply mine. It is a great resource in a variety of different areas. Subscribe to my other podcast, which is called Job Search Radio. This one is number one in Apple Podcasts. Job Search Radio is number two. Subscribe to both. You will get great information seven days a week from this show, six days a week from the other. Lastly, I want to encourage you to join my group on Facebook called Career Angles. It's free to the first 500 people who join and is focused on helping you do better at work. Information is shared daily and we're building a supportive group there to provide advice and counsel during difficult times. Again, the group on Facebook is called Career Angles. I'll be back tomorrow with more. In the meantime, have a great day. Be great. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. 
Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba da ba ba ba.